give me a, a snap into it or something so I can see. I can't snap because I smash my finger. Okay. That should be good enough. <laughs> I just I need to be able to see it to sync <laughs> it up. Flash news about Jesse Piff. He smashed his finger out <laughs> between two forty five pound weights. That's it a great answer. Awesome. It felt great. <laughs> I was also thinking we should do like a you should do like a bonus episode or something like that. I don't know. I don't have any ideas for that. I like that kind of stuff, but at the same time it's like yeah. That's what I do. I just make the songs and then I figure out shit with other things. Like, I mean, I guess I do have stuff more of a plan, but like, if I go off plan, fuck it. I have a new idea. Let's chase it till it ain't shit, you know? That, yeah, that's what, that's what I used to do with music. It was basically like, like when I was writing punk rock, it was all kind of, it was just kind of like, I heard a song that I really like, so I want to get try to capture the essence of that song but without like ripping it off yeah a lot of time i like when i take time off and writing music i listen to music and i try to analyze that <coughs> monday through friday what i'll do is like i'll try to listen to new music i'll try to like just listen to only like stuff i haven't heard before so, uh, I mean, this isn't, this doesn't have to, you're still fucking with that, so this doesn't have to be the start of the episode yet. No, I'm just, we can. I'm just talking just to talk. Let's go. I can do this two things at one time. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Monday through Friday, I try to listen to new stuff I haven't heard before. Oh, um, I too. try to listen to new albums, try to listen to, uh, old album, like old albums I've never heard before. I just try to listen to, just try to pump my brain full of new stuff. And then on weekends i'll listen to like the classic stuff i've been listening to for 20 years bro that's so wild like i you never really think about it like how other people listen to music on like a weekly basis you know what i mean like the way i listen to music is way different than that like the only reason i do that is because i saw uh henry rollins on an episode of joe rogan and henry rollins you know lead singer of black flag and stuff like that so i was like hey you know he seems like a smart guy He's kind of an uptight, tightly wound guy, but at the same time, he is a smart dude. I just feel like, like, I, all right, let me put it like this. The way that I listen to new music is I don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, like, honestly, like, it takes me, it, I have to physically sit down and, like, be like, I want to listen to, like, somebody else other than myself or my friends. Like, and, like, in, in I, I didn't even want, I don't even want to really call it, like, a resolution, because, like, Honestly, like, Joe Bruce put me on to it. Like, we got to love, like, Rhode Island before we ask anybody else to, like, come here and love Rhode Island. You know what I mean? Like, and in order for that to happen, it has to be something that you actually love. Not just, like, I know dude or dudes from my state, like, so I'm going to support him. Like, yeah, support people from your state. But, like, support him because it's dope. You know what I mean? Like One of the uh, bosses over at the Oyster Bar uh, actually likes to listen to local Rhode Island music. Um I remember he was saying something about uh, he was saying something about it yesterday. They were like listening to music over in the prep area where they were working, <clears throat> and uh, like I've been playing music in the kitchen before, like your music or John Phelps. And he's always he asked me, he's like, "Yo, who is this?" He's like, "This is really good." And I'm like, "Yeah, this is a guy from Rhode Island." And uh, so so yeah, I haven't I haven't talked to him, too, but I I'm putting the pieces together now. I'm starting to realize that that guy might be into local music because there is a, another dishwasher in the kitchen who does music. Uh, he's more open and honest about it. Like I, I'm, I don't, I don't walk around. Hey guys, I'm a musician. I try to be quiet about it, but, but uh, yeah. So him, he, the chef, uh, the boss was talking to him. This story's going fucking nowhere. <laughs>
But yeah, I think one of my bosses is into like like Rhode Island music. Like that's his thing. So also yesterday when he texted me, he said Mang when he texted me. So I was like, this guy's actually pretty fucking cool. Because <laughs> I, I do that to people. I text him M-A-N-G. I'll be like, all right, Mang. I say it a lot more than I text it, but because I feel like some people don't get my my humor over text. Yeah, it's hard to. I will. Um, my grandma was an English major, so I always like I basically always text out books, but then I'll try to like do jokes as well, and I think sometimes it doesn't come across well in text format. I mean, not like my jokes come across anyway, because they're not always jokes. Uh, sometimes it's just me saying things in a stupid voice. <laughs> For me, I just I don't know. I feel like I'm a little I'm I'm kind of funny. I wouldn't say I'm a comedian. I just like to have fun and I like to make people laugh. So if I think something's funny, yeah, no, we laugh. If you dude, if you weren't if you weren't fun if you were painfully unfunny, like I I don't think we'd I don't think we'd be as good friends. You know what I mean? I can't <laughs> I can't like be around people who don't know how to like joke and be loose. Like I can't I don't understand that shit. Like life sucks. You wake up in the morning and it's hard to get out of bed. Like laugh. Try to laugh a little bit. Exactly. Oh, so back to what I was talking about, how I listen to music, right? Now, since like, I probably like November, December. Hold on. Yeah, yeah, sorry. I, I was fucking up a two-person rotation. Goddamn. So, like, what I really like to do now is um, I like to listen to music that makes me feel something. Um, so, I honestly listen to a lot of sad music. A lot of my favorite songs are like really sad, but not in like that shit gives me hype. Have you ever listened to Joji? No. I'll have to play you some Joji after this. But like uh like for instance one of my favorite songs to listen to is the um The Suicide Song by Joe by Joyner Lucas. Uh, I freaking I love that song. Like absolutely love it. Like I listen to a lot of Mac Miller right now. Like we were just talking about that before. Like um, off the pod because we're such good friends right <laughs> and like um i don't know i don't really necessarily listen to music because it's new it but then uh, in, in in a way that makes a lot of music like stay really fresh to me mm. like i can dive into somebody's whole album like four months after it comes out a year after it comes out and like it feels fresh like because because of the people i choose to listen to you know what i mean yeah. like um, I like people that make timeless music, like the, the the party shit and like the in the moment, like twenty twenty shit. Like, yeah, that shit is cool, like in the moment and stuff like that. But like the timeless music is really what what I look for. It's a lot of like party music from like two thousand twelve, like LMFAO and Psy and all that shit. Like, not just novelty music, but like just party music that came out between like two thousand ten and two thousand twelve. I listen to it now and I'm like. God damn, I can't believe this was popular. It just sounds so old now. But it brings you back to that moment, you know what I mean? So even oh, yeah. that shit, I could say, is sort of timeless. Like When I hear I Like It by Enrique Iglesias, I get transported right back to when I was 18 and the world was in front of me. Baby, I like it. I think one song that you would really uh, think is like a timeless song or like something that like most people wouldn't even try or like think that it's even a big feat, but like... The Mariah Carey Christmas song, like, yep, yeah, that's a that's aggravating and it's overplayed, but I will give you that it does have a very timeless a classic. You don't hear it. that around Christmas time, and you kind of feel like, yo, hey, Christmas, like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's kind of weird. You never, like, I've never searched for that song. 
I know every word. <laughs> it's always it's like on every playlist. It's on every Christmas playlist on every streaming platform. Um, it's gonna be on every Christmas compilation of anything. Yeah, honestly, she did. I mean, that was at like the height of her career. Like that. Like and like think about it. Like if that was put out with streaming services, like. How much money she? I mean, she's definitely making a lot of money off of it. But like, my only problem maybe with it's a label. My only problem with that music video is that 1996 Mariah Carey isn't my girlfriend. <laughs> there was a lot of that in 1996. I was like, what eight? So like, anybody walking around, I was just sure my girl. <laughs> <laughs> million ex girlfriends for a reason. <laughs> I said that. I said I use that joke all the time about like because I watch a lot of movies and TV shows and it's just basically a way of it's for me it's a comedic way of saying someone's attractive, you know. Speaking of which, I think everybody will be a little heartbroken to find out that freaking ASAP Rocky is is wifed up with Rihanna right now and like that's dope. Good for him. I mean, great for him. But like all of us are like, damn, they're both attractive people. Are you kidding me? Uh, there's not a there's not a person in that couple that I wouldn't fuck. It makes sense. Like if you watch like the a- the ASAP documentary, their first like big tour was Rihanna. Like she invited them she... to open up for them. Oh, okay, okay. She invited the ASAP Mob to open up for them. That's cool. And that's what like ASAP Rocky was kind of leading the. I mean, he is the leader, I would say, but like that's when he was like really like leading the pack with his music. I feel like with as successful and as popular as Rihanna is, people don't talk about her more like they should. Like they give the attention to Beyonce for the same stuff that Rihanna does as well. Like I got the answer for that. Beyonce stays relevant. Rihanna, more palatable to white people. Think about what. Think about how long Rihanna waits to put out songs and albums. Like, they're great albums and great songs. Like, whatever she touches, same thing with Beyonce. But Beyonce's on everything. Yeah. All the time. Like, even when she's not putting on new music, like, she's at fucking the Super Bowl or whatever. You know what I mean? Or, like, or, she's, she, or her and Jay-Z are doing a collab album. Yeah, or th- she's putting out a surprise Lemonade album. You know what I mean? Like, she did, like, a whole bunch of stuff to, like, stay super, super, super relevant for a really long time. And, like, when she puts out new music, it stays around. I know... There's a song by that she did with Jay Z off that off that the Carters album called Ape Shit. The only reason I know about it is because my fucking dad turned me on to it. He was like, "Yo, you haven't heard that song by Jay Z and Rihanna?" I was like, "Dad, you're almost you're almost fifty. What the fuck are you talking about?" I don't know if Beyonce wrote this verse, but Beyonce's verse on Savage is better than any female's verse this year. I'm gonna say it is like, fuck oh, it. oh, you mean on that on the Megan Thee Stallion song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought. I thought she was a little out of place. She sounds a little bit out of place to me, but it might just be because Those, she's too. It might be because she's bro, too good for that, you know. Bro, Meg, I, Meg I, Stallion makes very trap, makes very kind of ratchet party music, and Beyonce is way more classy than that. Oh fuck! I just realized I still have my sound cord plugged into my computer. It's not fucking with anything, but so hopefully that doesn't fucking cause any. I problems. mean, when she was like. <laughs> if you ain't gotta put jump, if you ain't gotta jump to put jeans on, you don't know my pain, bro. Like, Yo, <laughs> yeah. I uh, I had weight problems for a little bit, and I refused to buy bigger pants, so I feel that. No, I'm just saying, like those. Yeah, I'm a. I mean, I love women, so like, I know my girl feels that pain. So <laughs> you know what I mean, like the fast women, <laughs> big booty booty. Yeah, like yeah, like when you when you like have a a late like. That's one of the, like, 
Okay, I'm about to get a little bit perverted, but like when you're watching a lady get dressed after like spending a night with her, like that's just like one of the fucking cutest things is watching them put pants on. I don't know. <laughs> but that's what I mean. Like she made it relatable for not just women, but she made it relatable for dudes too. You know what I mean? And like that's what kind of what we were talking about on, on the past, like, uh, uh, on the podcast was like, is our artists really as good as, only as good as their trauma? And then I, and I want to say no. Like, because we all experience trauma, and it's really about how you relate to your trauma. Like, a million people, um, there are a million rappers who talk about life in the hood. A million of them. And not everybody blows. Why? Because, yeah, they might be talking about the same stuff, but it's about how you articulate it to the people that aren't in it. Or the people that are in it. That makes it relatable to everybody. Or people that are outside the norm. Like, that's where you see people, like, only get, like, a certain amount of fans, like Little Dicky, for instance, like he's a great rapper, like creatively, like they were talking about Little Dicky in the kitchen the other night. But I'll let you finish. You know, like uh, as as far as like technical format for rap, like the dude is a fucking monster. You know what I mean? But like because it's not necessarily relatable to people outside of his genre, because his lyrical content is so trash. Whoa, you think so? You think so, bro? It's a little bit of like that self-effacing, nerdy white guy humor. It's it's like George Watsky did that stuff a lot better. Um, I feel like he's just telling his story. I feel like George Watsky should have been the one to blow, not Lil Dicky. Lil Dicky was just... The problem is George Watsky was, like you said, um, a little bit more niche, whereas Lil Dicky appealed to more of a broader audience and like he's still trying to do that with the dave show like i think like a lot of that like i don't know the ins and out of the the creative control he had with that show but if it was a lot of him like he is trying to appeal more to his cult following fan base and taking his time with it and a lot of a lot of people feel like that's the way to go with certain people um and like I said, it's hard for him to break out of his shell. And that's why I like the fact that he did his show and like the fact that he does his rap the way he does. Because he's saying, I am, who, I'm, I'm not doing this as a gimmick. I'm doing this because this is really who I am. Like, I really am some nerdy white kid who has a lot of money. I, I'm Jewish. Like, I did grow up pretty he wanted privileged. To be a- like, I, I had a job. I quit. Like, I want to be a rapper. Like, is he not a rapper? No, no, no. He is a rapper. I, he's... He wanted to be a comedian. That's no. why he started doing the rap thing to no. begin with. That's the thing he keeps trying to tell people. He's not a comedic rapper. He's just funny. Yeah, but he wanted to be a comedy writer. Like, he tried to be a comedy writer in Hollywood. Yeah. And I think he but, failed at that, and that's when he started doing the rap. As far as a rapper, though, like, think about it. Like, he's just being honest, and it's funny. I will admit that that, that there's, a, there's a song on that Brain EP that I liked a lot. Uh, I don't fucking remember what it's called, but it's like that 10-minute one where he's rambling right. with that girl. Pillow Talk, yeah, where he's rambling talk, with that girl after he brain. just had sex with her. Yeah, That song is fucking hilarious. Exactly, but if you really listen, like, have you watched Dave? I haven't. You gotta watch Dave, because in Dave, like, he has a couple moments where he spits freestyles. He spits unreleased music mm. in Dave, and it is... Because he's such a good storyteller and a, and, and he's 
like if you've seen him freestyle on like Hot 97 or I The Breakfast Club seen, like, and the stuff double like XL that. Ciphers. Yeah, like you can tell like he's very he can go off the top and talk about like like it can almost be a conversation. Like and that's what one of the rappers like that's a quality of rappers I really like. Like most def is really like that. Like it mm. almost feels like you're just having a conversation, he's spitting bars to you. Childish Gambino <clears throat> is a lot like that. Um Oh yeah. You know Have what you I mean? listened to uh Donald Glover's new stuff like Awaken My Love and uh that 31520 album? You know, I just told you, man. Like, okay, yeah, yeah. Those, <laughs> those are more. I will. I will are, now. Those are more soul based, but there, there's still, still some hip hop stuff. But like, yeah, the lyrics do take a little See, bit of a. That's a perfect example of how I listen to music. Somebody, uh, we're talking about something. Somebody's like, "Yo, have you listened to that?" Yeah. And then I'm like, "All right, now I gotta put that on the list." And then I'll go back in and I'll dive in into it and I'll find something else and I'll find something else and I, it'll lead me to another artist and like that's how I find music. Like, so I, it's really almost organic. Like that's why I say it, it happens to be like a almost a feeling to me. When I find new music, but like what I was saying about like Lil Dicky is like in Dave in those moments where he's spitting those freestyles, he's like, yeah, like people keep coming at me like, oh, you're you're funny, like da 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 da. There's moments in the show where like, um, he's trying to get a deal and people are like, oh no, you're you're a comedic rapper, right? And he's like, no, he's like, I want like he does a he goes into a bunch of meetings and he's like, yo, like I want this this and this. And if you don't want this, then I don't want to be signed to your label. And like, but they they're like, oh well, we want you to rap like this. We see the funny stuff that you did. That we see the 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 stuff on YouTube. We see the the all the stuff that you went viral about, and we want you to do more stuff like that. And he's like, all right, well, like this one label signs him, and he's like, I want c- full creative control. And he makes this song. I forget what it's about. I think it's about shit honest with you i forget what it's about but it's like something like really raunchy and like he brings it into the 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 label meeting they're like no like after he signed the deal and they were like you get full creative control they're just like we can't put this out and he's like no what the fuck like you said i could do whatever yeah that labels do be like that and like he's just like that's what i mean like so many people think that he's funny and he raps and we've seen comedic rappers before they put him in a box and they said like, oh, well, like, yeah, that's what you wanted, right? Like, you know what I mean? I mentioned George Woski before and I think that might have been part of the problem with him. Um, everybody thought of him as like the funny, the funny internet rapper who raps fast. You right. Know, the, 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 that vibe, because Ellen played one of his videos back in like 2012 or something and then it like became a viral hit and he started like, you know, getting some like momentum off of that. And I remember a lot of people said to me, it was like, oh, yeah, I like I, I, I get I think George Waski's talented, but he's just another funny white guy rapper. And I was like, but no, he's like he's trying to grow up with it. He right. does some emotional songs that have jokes in them. But like he's not trying to like he's not trying to just be a funny guy. That's just he he's naturally funny. He wants to try and inject humor. For instance, like, for I, in- I understand that because like I do that. For instance, like, would you think J. Cole is a funny rapper? Like a comedic rapper? Comedy rapper. Would, no, you cl- would you classify J. Cole in a com- com- lot of funny lyrics? Right. He has a lot of good punchlines. He right. has a lot of bad punchlines, but he also has I, a lot of good ones. Oh, we, we probably disagree about that. But anyway, <laughs> uh, but like, at, but what I'm trying to say is like, but there are lines that he makes you laugh, and that does happen often with J. Cole. And like, some of his punchlines are kind of slick too. Like when he, like when he shows up on Shea Butter Baby, like even when he's like trying to like do like a silly little like song verse, he still does it like really smooth and like right. cool. It's like. So, like, what I'm trying to say is, like, just because he's white, people think he's going to be a comedic rapper because he's white and he's funny. And because he doesn't have the bars that are talking about a struggle necessarily that 
uh, a lot of us rappers relate to of growing up in the hood or growing up in in bad environments, people think, oh, well, he's only going to rap about funny stuff. Like, he makes us laugh. But, like, if you break it down, no. He talks about real shit. You know what I mean? And there's a lot of other rappers that, like, they, they express their pain through comedy. Like, and they're not... They're not considered comedic rappers because they're black. There was one song on George Wojcicki's Cardboard Castles EP called EP album called um, "The Ballad of Christina Lee," and it was about this girl he knew in school, and she died of some kind of like health problem that she had since she was a kid. And uh, he was talking in the song about how he feels guilt and shame over having not gotten to know her better in her life because he had health issues with like seizures, epilepsy and stuff like that. And she had health issues that she just didn't talk to anyone about. And in the song, he talks about like, you know, how shitty that makes him feel and like how he's always going to uh, think of her. But there are also all are some punchlines interspersed in in the song, but it doesn't take away from the emotional nature of the song. But Again, like, yeah, because George Watsky is a white guy who tried to make a couple of jokes and had a viral video, people are like, oh, you're just comedy rapper. That's what right? you do. And then, like, they're like, oh, well, when he makes a serious song, oh, well, what is he trying to do? Well, he's trying to step out of his box. Like, yeah, by the time anybody sees a rapper, like, go viral or sign a deal, that rapper probably put out 10 albums. Mm. That rapper probably been rapping for like ten, twelve years. I like how Watsky kept it independent the whole time. Like he could have, he could have signed to a major label and become bigger, but he chose not to. Kind of to the detriment of his own career, unfortunately. But eh. not really though. There's so many rappers in bad deals. Like there's so many rappers that signed at eighteen because they wanted to be with their favorite rapper. They signed to a bad deal, couldn't get out of it. Decided to try and fight it and not make music. It became irrelevant. Got, had to buy their way out of a deal and then try and rebrand themselves. That happens all the fucking time, bro. Yeah, and, and after, don't know. after 2013, Watsky's career did kind of like flop sideways. But um, at least at least it was him. And not the label's fault. At least all that stuff he's accountable for. You know how hard it is to go independent your whole career? Like, that shit is so hard. People act like, oh, well, you're making 100% of your money. Like, Nope. I mean, yeah. It's like running a small business. It's like, yeah, but, like, the stuff that, like, for instance, like, when rappers sign a deal, you get a freaking big paycheck. But that paycheck is a loan so that you can make your album and promote it and pay all the people you need to pay. And then the the, the record label expects that money back. Mm. And sometimes it's in... Your royalties, sometimes it's in the form of a payment, sometimes, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's that's why XXXTacion's last two albums were fucking just leftover scraps, because right. the record label was like, hey, we fucking paid for this guy. Yeah, you know, like, Drake signed to, to freaking Young Money for fucking, I think it was like four or five albums, you know what I mean? Like, mm. Scorpion was the last one, I'm pretty sure. Drake and, ends up beefing with fucking everybody, man. Right, so like... You know what I mean? Tiger, he signed with fucking cash money back in the day, and he got fucked out of a deal. Like, Lil Wayne got fucked out of a deal. Like, so many people get screwed, bro. Like, Megan Thee Stallion was in a bad deal and couldn't release music for a little bit. Like, until she got a Lil Uzi Vert was in a bad deal. That's why like, That's why Frank Ocean is a fucking king. He, he fucking took Interscope. He took Interscope for, like, tw- for a $20 million ride. I think it was Interscope. I could be wrong about that, but... Nah, he, he signed to Interscope 
afterwards. He had like or a two way. album. He had like an album deal, whatever. Renegotiated it. He put out that endless visual album, um, and that fulfilled his contractual obligations with that record label. So then, once that album came out, he was released from it. Mm-hmm. Then know. the day after, he puts out Blonde. Basically, they paid twenty million dollars for an art piece so that he could make a real album like in the background yep he did all of that with studio resources and like just took them for a complete ride dude that's amazing to me that's why you see a lot of a lot of rappers like towards the end of their deals they don't make very good albums i think like drake and jay-z made similar moves at one point yeah they don't make very good albums on purpose because they just like fuck you guys for fucking me over this for so long. Like, I remember growing up, like becoming a rapper and people telling me like, "We're still selling like CDs and it's not streaming." Like, rappers make like like major deal rappers make like seventy five cents an album, mm. an album that sold for like twenty dollars. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, and they're like, so like you had to go platinum, you had to go gold just to make a little bit of bread. And then it, I always knew like torrents where you make your money. Like, that's where you make all your hand over fist money. You're getting paid 10, 15, 20,000 for a fucking show. You're doing 30 shows in 30 nights. Like, here's on tour all year long. Like, that's how you make your money. Like, man, I would love to do that. Just like an hour on stage a night, just fucking get, getting turned and providing entertainment. Shit's tough, bro. Like, even being on stage for 15 minutes a night for 28 nights, like, people don't understand like getting sick is so easy like every show you got openers on top of the tour openers so like you got you know anywhere from three to 15 people coming on before you sharing the the same mics that you're gonna get you know what i mean like (laughs) this is like stuff i kind of used to think about in the back of my mind but like now since like the pandemic like i don't know if i'll ever be able to like press my mouth up against the microphone right again. so like like a lot of that stuff like i got taught like that stuff when we went on tour by by apathy and self-title when we were out there like this is before the pandemic and he was like yo don't shake anybody's hands it's not disrespecting it's just like yo i don't know who you are and i gotta shake hundreds of thousands you know depending on how big the artist is and how many people are at the show like he was just like yo you can still like interact with him, like dap him up like that's how like i got into like the whole like when we did the pandemic and they were like stop shaking people i was, I was like i already stopped that shit like a year ago <laughs> i stopped shaking people's hands like that you know what i mean like yeah, there's a couple dudes in the kitchen we always like because like they're mostly wearing gloves and stuff yeah. but like we'll always just do like a, a forearm bump like so on, t- on top of that like even if you don't get sick on tour right like because that could you could get sick on the first night of your tour yeah. and it could be done like you know, many rappers get like laryngitis, or like they have their vocal cords have to have they have to have surgery on their vocal cords because oh, they've been man. going for so long, or because they smoke, or because they drink, or because you know what I mean, like or just because you know you're not used to doing that every single night, going your hardest, and like, like because like when you're just like a local rapper, yeah, you might go hard for an hour all night, three hours or whatever, but that's yeah. one night. And I, I like I like to drink. So like if I were a musician doing that shit, like I like if I drank too much and like started throwing up or something, that would be my vocal cords would be gone for the next day or two. And like you getting people throwing you free shit. Like, Gotta be responsible about that stuff. Free weed, free drugs, free alcohol, like free women. Like you want to stay up till whenever because you want to enjoy the night. You want to go out yeah. and see the city. You want to do everything because you're in a new place. Like all of that stuff is just human nature. When but you still have to be an artist. You still got to be professional and shit. You know what I mean? Like, 
that shit is just there's just so much to touring that you don't understand as being like an artist for just one night or seven nights or you know what i mean like even in seven nights like if you perform five times in seven nights like you'll feel it like you can't necessarily like that's why like some some people get mad like you come and see fucking whoever like Wiz khalifa in your city and you're like wow like he didn't really give us any energy that sucks. Like he's a because they've been performer. on the road. They've been up for yeah. Lord knows how long. He's doing been, whatever bullshit right. engagements. Like there were nights where we got off. We got to a city. We unloaded our stuff at the hotel. We got to rest for like a half hour. We went to the venue, and then we perf- we waited fucking four hours, getting drunk and shit like that because we gotta wait till all the other artists. I'll just keep it going. Go off and stuff like that, um, and then. You perform, and then after that, we got to pack everything up, and we might even have to leave that night or early the next morning and then go do it again, bro. Like, you have no idea what that artist is going through. You have no fucking clue, bro. Like, sometimes they lose your stuff, like, especially guys like like Wiz and Jay-Z and all them who fly in from city to city and, you know what I mean, aren't taking a tour bus. We were driving fucking minivans, you know what I mean, rental car minivans, like, around Canada. Like, that shit is tough, bro. Like, even sleeping in the van was tough. Like, you you have 16-hour drives Mm. in between cities and stuff like that, man. Like, that shit's not easy, bro. It's just not. Like, I loved it. (laughs) I love the struggles of it because, you know, like, that's what you did you pay for yeah me and my uh roommate we used to be in a band together back in the day and like he wants he wants to do like if we ever get past this pandemic bullshit and live shows become a thing again like he wants to try doing live shows and he was talking about all the stuff that comes with it and i remember thinking like god damn i'm just not into that shit anymore traveling meeting new people like that fucking i just i'm not i don't know maybe it's just because i'm feeling like an old man or something maybe the last year has just psychologically beat me up to the point where i don't think that's ever going to happen again but but like at the end of the day like if i got to sacrifice all this time and effort and being away from my family if if that's the stuff i got to do extra to make this shit work and get paid for what i gotta for the at least a little bit of the time that i put in gotta suck it up and do it you know what i mean like i definitely like if uh when live shows start opening back up in Rhode Island, I definitely do want to try to do some like hosting events and stuff like that. Just like uh, I'll talk to like you know whatever Sully or Spock or whatever, just whoever, whoever, just just try to like be like a a, a MC or DJ, uh, not an MC, you know what I mean, but like a, a guy who's just like, hey, next up. I probably won't do live shows until doing my own show, like till I'm mm. headlining, like curating your own. Like... Not nah, just headlining. You oh, know okay. what I mean, like I probably won't do any more shows like that. Like uh, I'm trying to build my way up to to a certain level as a as an artist myself and like everything i'm working on like i i mean if we're if we're being honest i don't think live shows are coming back until next year yeah 2022 so that gives me a year to do whatever i want to do um because like they just rolled out a vaccine and like i haven't heard any i heard about that for like the first week and now i haven't heard anything about it since and i haven't heard anything about like i've I've heard some people getting it like so what is the vaccine working or like what what's the deal i mean i've i know a couple people that that have gotten it um they're still alive um they're still doing well i haven't heard any bad things about it but as far as like live shows like i haven't heard anything about live shows since we have since they got canceled 
Yeah, there's 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 nothing. There's none of that anymore. Like with like sports, they're like, oh well, we're gonna do this to try and make it happen. And with school, they're like, we're gonna make this and make it happen. But the arts, they have they have just been silent, silent, bro. Cause like nobody nobody gives a fuck about your fucking live stream performance from your bedroom, you know. I mean, like maybe three or four people will like watch or whatever, but like no one gives. I a mean, fuck. certain people are doing live streams from like Fet and from like from uh, from the. I, I don't know if the Met is doing any, but like certain people are doing that and it's being successful. It's like, hard to get into that though. It's hard to sit there on a computer screen and be like and just watch this band playing yeah, live but, to an empty room. But there are a lot of people out there that their livelihood, like they do a lot of hard work during the year and their livelihoods going to concerts. Mm. And yeah, they miss don't. that. And they'll take it however they can get it, to be honest with you. And I think more people should do live streams. If that's something you can do and you can provide like a good show, I feel like more people should do that. Like we need to make as many opportunities for the arts, not just rappers or or singers or whatever for the arts as possible. I think I think the reason why I'm bitter about like live stream shows is because like I like the social aspect of going to I didn't drink that much when I went to shows, you know. I went, I hung out, or you know, I talked talked to whoever my friends were who were performing, met new people, you know, like that's that was a big part of it for me. And you don't get that with like the live stream experience. You don't get that with the fucking chat window, you know? There's fucking one. everybody making live comments about stupid shit in real time. I'm going to be real with you, man. And a lot of stuff I didn't like about live shows. Like I loved being there, being an artist and performing at live shows. Don't get me wrong. And um, I met a lot of great people at live shows. But I felt like there was an aspect of phoniness at live shows. And... Without a doubt, and you're going to get that regardless of like what genre or what medium you, you're you could you could be talking about painting or acting, right? And I feel like and it's, you're going to get that. I feel like it sucked a lot of life out of our out of our culture, and it made it made everybody think that all of Rhode Island rap sucked. Like it really did. Like, and I don't want to disrespect anybody, but like there was just a lot of times where. People would come to see their friends and leave because they were like, well, the rest of the show is not going to be enjoyable. Those people are not willing to do the work. That's their problem. But that's but that's it's not their problem. That's the, the promoters and the artists and their friends and their fans not being real with everybody. Like everybody's just about their dollar and themselves like. Oh, I paid three hundred dollars to be on this show, so I deserve to be on this show. Well, not necessarily. You don't even mix with the right music that's being played at that show, and like there were promoters weren't doing enough to get cohesive shows. Like you were just getting any artist you could because they could pay the bill. Yeah, sometimes I would go to shows that seemed to just have like a random lineup. It was just kind of like like when you go to like a a real concert, like they don't just throw fucking. Limp Biscuit and J. Cole and the Grateful Dead to fucking gather. That sounds like a terrible lineup. <laughs> right, bro. They don't do that shit. Even at like festivals like Bonnaroo when they have like so many different genres, they sculpt it so the people that are gonna like all of those different bands are together at that fucking stage, bro. When I went to see Boston Calling in 2019, it was like that. Like there were a lot of different artists I had heard of, and a lot of different artists that I was into. And uh, like obviously, you're not able to see everybody at the same time, but like I did get to most of the performances I wanted to see. And uh, it 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 was a 
Yeah, it was it was just a very well put together. The the lineup the lineups of the artists on the different stages, where the placements of the different stages were, like that stuff was all very well thought out. And like that's because they want the show to be so great. Like when you look when you go to like uh like uh anybody's show, like I'm not gonna have the moment we got in the gate, Princess Nokia started playing. That was the first act I wanted to Princess, see. For instance, when I was a kid, I went to go see the game at Lupo's. And you want to know how I opened for him? Nipsey Hustle. That's dope. Perfect, right? Yep. This is before Nipsey was really big. Yeah. So, like, I didn't know who Nipsey was, but I knew who the game was. And because I liked games music and Nipsey was relatable to the games music, I got to like Nipsey Hustle. Yeah, you that, know what I mean? Like, that's a show for the culture right, right there. Right, like that makes sense. But you know what I mean? Like, But if they had put somebody like, I don't know, like not to say that Frank Ocean in the game wouldn't be a great show, like, but it doesn't necessarily, the fans don't necessarily mix. It wouldn't gel. Yeah, like, yeah, they could put it together and it could be dope. Like, I honestly like both of those guys. Like, and I would have fun there, but not everybody would have fun there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, not the whole time. Because, like, who who would be the opening act then as well? It would have yeah, to be, like, exactly. a double headliner. Like, when I go to see fucking Wiz and Snoop, I want, like, fucking currency there. I want fucking, you know what I mean? I want, uh, uh, what's it called? Yeah, like I don't know, Ice Cube, I guess. <laughs> you know oh, what yeah, I mean? I like I want somebody like that. They're gonna make. They got songs together or some shit. Like or like <coughs> they did an album together. Like something cohesive. I uh, I just realized this. Uh, I just remembered this. You know who MF Doom is, right? Yes. Yeah. He actually. Uh, they just revealed on like. That he passed away. Yeah, it was like he died on October thirty first. He died on Halloween, and they didn't mm-hmm. reveal that for two months. Mm-hmm. That's crazy to me that his estate was able to keep that private for two months. I think that's great. Yeah, no, it's great. It's just I'm really surprised. It's like a lot of people are mad. Did you finish watching season two of Mandalorian? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I yeah I'm I'm surprised they kept MF Doom's death a secret as long as they kept fucking Luke Skywalker a secret right. from the Mandalorian. Exactly. So, but I mean. Those are two different things entirely, but that's how my brain works. <laughs> For me, it's just like the family got to grieve and they got to be okay with it without everybody else taking their peace out of it because they knew that it, it did touch so many people. And that's that's hard to do with a lot of death. Like, Yeah, idiots like me would have just made a video about it immediately and then fucking, you know, try to get some clout off of it, so. Or, like, you know what I mean? Like, the funeral wouldn't have been just them. Like, the media would have went nuts, and they knew that, and they knew that that wasn't what he was even about, so why would they do that to him after his death? I thought that was really respectful to him. It was probably his dying wish, to be honest. Like, Yeah. It doesn't seem like it was something that caught them off guard. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know why he died, but it does it seems like they were almost ready for it. And then when it happened, you know, they dealt with it and it and like cuz that's not really the only way you could keep it a secret. Like, you know what I mean? Like if you knew it was coming, yeah. You could set it up so that it wouldn't get out. You know, like I feel like if it was just like spur of the moment, like we would have found it out, especially in 2020. Like mm. everybody was looking for the next bad thing to happen. Yeah, when fucking what's his name? When Grox from Injury Reserve died, I remember I felt like the same way. I was like, the fuck, man! 2020 needs to calm down. Like I remember we were at friggin' I was at work when I found out, and my buddy and I saw it, and like and I told my buddy, he was like, no, 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 that's not that can't happen like that, and like. 
I feel bad. Like I'm gonna be. Tr- I'm gonna be honest. Like as a as a rapper who who appreciates like great rappers. Like I didn't listen to much MF Doom. I'm, I'm starting to get into it now because I you know mm. I study the game a lot and like um I yeah uh, his his cult like his cult like the way he was like I wouldn't say like private but like he just he just worked and just moved and like that's what that's just what he what he did he wasn't about the fame or anything like it almost seems like he was barely even about like he just wanted to put out music and and like put out music that people would enjoy like i don't know that much about doom but he just seemed to really enjoy like the love of the game for lack of a better term and like as i'm digging into his discography I'm learning that, and, like, that's kind of how, like, I like to be, like, I don't necessarily want to be Drake. Yeah. Uh, And I don't want to conform to the next new thing or the next groove or anything like that. I'm getting back to just making music because I want to make music. And And the problem with, like, a Drake is, like, even he's not happy with where he's at now. It's like I mean, maybe he keeps putting finally, out he keeps putting out crap albums and beefing with everybody. He's so. fine. I mean, he's finally out of his deal. Um, he's been had his label, but now he can finally make his own music and make his own money off his music. Um, creatively, he's a fucking genius. Um, a lot of his beefs were, um, I feel like were were you know marketing ploys that he did without people knowing in order to create the beef and be successful at the end of it. Um, I can't take anything away from Drake. I got, I got to say, Pusha T, Pusha T really did fucking. Oh yeah, Drake's got some, Drake's got some hits, and he's done a lot for the culture. But I think at this point, he's been around, he's been around so long and done so much stuff. I feel like a lot of his, his kind of like silly moments outweigh anything that's like anything that I could take him seriously for. There was a moment in 2015. He 2015 was a very good year for him, and I was like, all right, I'm about it, Drake. Let's see. I mean, he's. Canada's superhero. Mm, yeah. You know, like, he's he's the Spike Lee of the Toronto Raptors. He's, you know, he's held his own with Lil Wayne for years, which is saying a lot. Because when he came on to Young Money, Lil Wayne was on top of the world. So he's been holding his own this, uh, this long alongside of Lil Wayne. Um, she just started crazy. to pop before a player. She looked back and told me, baby, is real. Um, and he's never fallen off. And I say, I ain't doubt you for a second. I squeeze it. I could tell how it feel. <laughs> I fucking love that song. Yeah, like, he's got, he's got more than a couple hits. Like I can't. Mm. Yeah, I like that. I like the album he did with Future. Um, I liked. If you're reading this, it's too late. Uh, what else? He's he's got. There are some good songs interspersed throughout. Views and Scorpion. Scorpion. I wasn't really a big fan of More Life. That felt like filler. The album. Um, but I mean, statistically, they all hit. Yeah, fair enough. Sonically, they all hit. I, I think I, the, I. He doesn't make bad songs. They might not be Drake worthy all the time, but he doesn't make bad songs. It definitely feels like he's just making. Like Scorpion felt kind of like a stream bomb. This is last album on Young Money. Yeah, it felt like he's it was fighting a, with Pusha T and Kanye. He he played into the media, and Pusha T fucking bodied him in that beef. I just want to say, but he should have. Yeah, <laughs> I mean the fact that people, the only thing that people can say about Pusha T is that he got too disrespectful in a beef. 
No, you don't get... See, and that's what I mean by, like, Drake. Drake somehow manages to gaslight people into this bullshit. You... You... There's certain rules of battle rap. Dude, that wasn't a fucking battle rap. It was a beef. People have been killed. People have been fucking burned in effigy. People have lost their goddamn careers I mean, over beefs. I'm from and the place Drake, where, like, there are no rules in rap. Like, Drake basically just backed out, like, whoa, you got a little too personal there, buddy. Let me just woo, weasel his way out of it. I mean, it wasn't too personal when you were talking about fucking Meek's girl. Right? And the only reason, the only reason Drake came out on top in that beef is because Meek Mill bungled his response so badly but it's because drake set him up got the drink in me going back to back that shit that shit slapped you know the whole story drake set me up and me kind of just responded out of anger and he tried to expose drake and like like you said like drake the drake fans like they they came to his rescue Mm. and you know i mean it was sad to see because I really like Meek, and I feel like that really threw him off his game. I really do. I feel like that that shook him. Like, Drake's really good at, like, hitting people where it hurts. Like, the fact that he put a song on Meek's album in which Meek thought that he didn't write. And that was the single for the album. The song Rico, like, that was the beef that started everything. Meek came in, like, well, Drake came in, sent him his, his, his verse for that, and Meek was like, yo, man, like, that shit sound weird to you? He was like, he's talking to the engineer, and he was like, oh, yeah, that shit don't sound weird. He's just like, yo, Drake, he don't even write his shit. And then Meek was like, what? Like, so then Meek was, like, pissed, and he tried to come at Drake, and then, like, that's why I feel like, like, they had, they had, that was, the, the engineer was a mutual friend of the two of them, and I feel like Drake kind of planted that. For him to say that, to make Meek be Meek. Yeah, Meek's Meek's reaction did feel a little bit like gatekeepery, a little like, bit old head. Like what the fuck? It's like everybody uses ghostwriters now. Frank Ocean started his career as a ghostwriter, but he's a singer. Like, and that's the thing that Drake had. Well, blurred. no, I mean he he was writing for other people though. But like, Drake is a, Drake blurred the lines with it because he was really the first one to really be successful rapping and singing on all of his tracks. Yeah, like, not I mean, in a, you know what I for, mean. For all we know, Frank Ocean ghost wrote some of those early songs for Drake. But like what Frank I'm Ocean was is... ghost writing before. That, well, that, that that what I what I'm trying to say is like it. I, I'm saying I, I it's not know. uncommon for singers to have ghost writers. Beyonce yeah. has ghost writers. You know what I mean? That's why when a singer like Alicia Keys, who writes her own music and does and plays her own instruments, that's why that is so incredible because she does everything and she. You know what I mean? That's why that. That's why ghostwriting. That's why old heads have such a problem with ghostwriting. Because if I'm not ghostwriting, and you and you have a ghostwriter for you, and we're just rapping, we're not even singing, we're mm. just rapping, and you have a ghostwriter, bro. Then and you're getting more success over that. Like, uh, yeah. I how can that. that be? How can that be fair? That's like using steroids. Yeah, it is, and that is one of the problems I have with Drake. Too, so too, like. Yeah, so. I see where people get mad at that, like he's but made a Drake is blurring of the lines because he's a singer and a rapper. So who's to say that he's in the studio making an album, right? And he's got his ghostwriters there because that's what he needs when he's singing, and he's they're there and he's rapping too because he goes so back and forth with it. And you know what? To be fair, ghostwriters, there's a lot to the writing process. I mean, it's possible that Drake writes the first draft, and then the ghostwriters just look over and go, okay, let's fix this, let's do this. So, uh, I mean, yeah, the whole whole Drake-Meek Mill situation was really fucking stupid. So, like, 
and the the way that Drake fans tell it is like is basically like who cares? Who cares who wrote the song? At the end of the day, that's how they feel. And I'm not like a Drake fan, but that's that is how I feel. Like Drake, Drake is an entertainer. If he has ghostwriters for me, it's like whatever. Right. How I feel is, how did Drake come into the game? Through Degrassi, right? Yeah. He was an actor, right? Yep. So he could play the role as a rapper, right? And that'd be very easy for him to to do. Yep. And then, pretty much, be an entertainer. He's an icon now. Yeah. Like it or not, Drake's an icon forever and will be. If Drake died today, whoa, whoa. I bro. think in the last decade, Knock on wood, but like, you know since mean? since he debuted in 2009, I think there was only one year. I think 2014 was the only year where Drake wasn't on the charts. And that's because we probably didn't drop music. Yeah, he he put out if he put out um. Uh, he was probably on Lane's it. album or Nicki's album or I don't remember yeah, what that I mean, album in 2013 like, was called. The uh, nothing was the same. Nothing was the same came out in 2013, and then he took 2014 off. Well, I mean, he was recording, obviously, during 2014, because then 2015, he had a fucking bad right. year. So, like, you know what I mean? Like, like I, I don't know whether to fault him or not. I, I've been battling him with it for years. At first, I was really upset when I was like, oh, he's got a ghostwriter. Because, like, I feel that. Like, I write my own lyrics. Like, and I almost get surprised when people ask me if I write my own lyrics. Like, I think it should be like, well, yeah. Ass- assumed, yeah. Yeah. You should assume that people write that. That's what I do. Like when I find out people don't write their own stuff, it the only reason I get disappointed is because I made the assumption of assuming they wrote their own right. stuff. Right. So when people ask me like, "Do you don't write your own lyrics?" I'm like, "Well, I don't want to be a dick, but yeah, of course." And I stand, I stand behind that. I try like, to create as much of my own stuff as possible. Right. Like, Whether it's good or bad, like yeah, I write my own shit. And when I freestyle, I freestyle all my shit. You know what I mean? Like I've had people say like, "Yo, like." I didn't know your freestyle was a freestyle. I mean, I, you know, and sometimes they do know it's a freestyle. They understand that, like, it's not very good. Like <laughs> back in the day when I was doing, uh, when I was doing the the band Smart Alex, the punk stuff, I wrote a song called Samantha, and I only had the choruses planned out. Like I, like I wrote the whole song musically, but as far as the lyrics went, I only had the choruses. I knew what I wanted to sing for the choruses, and I remember I went to the the bass player, my buddy Matt, and I was like, "Hey, here's a crazy idea. I want you to sing the verses of this song, but do you think you could write something?" Like, I wanted it to be authentic to whatever he was doing. He was like, yeah, I'll, I'll try it. And then he wrote the verses, and they kind of fucking slapped. They kind of lined up with the... He looked at the lyrics I have for the chorus, and he didn't try to copy what I had or feed into it. He just wrote his own thing that lined up with where I was coming from during the choruses. Exactly, and that's just... That's how you that's how you capture a moment. Mm. That's that's what everybody wants as a musician. Like, spe- specifically, like... Synergy. Want to capture a moment. Like, that's why, like, a lot of people don't believe in writing things down anymore. And they feel like should just go in the studio and create something on the spot. And, like, that's a great thing to do. But you got to be able to have the resources to do that. Like, you got to be able to go back and have that time to edit it and do all this stuff. Don't just put stuff out. Yeah, I, I still like to sit down and write stuff out, like hard copy, like on a no- piece of notebook paper. But I do have a document in the notes app on my phone called Freestyle Junk Drawer. Because sometimes I'll just be walking around and I'll just spit a random idea, like two or three bars, and I'll be like, yo, that was fire. Let me put uh, that down. I probably have, like, I don't know, at this moment, probably like 80 notes of just... Verses, lines, plans, bars, the whole songs in my notes right now. I got a phone full of it mm-hmm. at home. Like I write because I love to write. Yeah, you if you open up any like drawer or like 
thing in my bedroom, there's probably handwritten notes for something, a movie or a song or a list, like movies I got to watch or something. There's just fucking all kinds. Of, I love I love writing, too. I fucking also I'm a pothead. So <laughs> chances I'm going to remember it like in the next 30 seconds is very low. I've tried that method like, oh, yeah, I'll write it down when I get home. Da, 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 da. And then, I, oh, shit. I was, I, I did mean to do that four hours later. You know what I mean? Like, that happens all the time. So I just started writing everything down. Even it's just three words, one line. Speaking right? of, we didn't, <laughs> I don't think we got to any of the stuff I wanted to talk about. But I, I can't, I can't link this in real quick. You said something about uh, being a pot smoker and a writer. Um, I like to get up in the morning and start writing. Sometimes I get distracted by like social media and shit like that. So like on my phone, I deleted all the social media apps. On my laptop, I downloaded a site blocker extension to block all the social media apps. Um, and like, cause like when you get up in the morning, sometimes the first thing you do, you just start surfing fucking Instagram. You know, that's not what I do. Only for a reason Some, though. Sometimes I, because yeah. I watch Gary Vee. Yes, so you gotta watch Gary Vee. Yep. Like in a while, a long time ago, he said like the best time to come up with stuff. Is right when you wake up because what happens as humans is throughout the day we um, take in information all day long. You know what I mean? We just take in information. Like, Great. Now I got to fucking edit that out. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? We just like we wake up, you know, we talk to our girl, we talk to our kids. You know what I mean? We go to we go to work, we go to school, whatever. We're just taking in information while we're driving. We're taking in information like I got to go left. I got to go right. I got to make it. You know what I mean? I'm seeing text messages, like you said, social media and all that stuff. And he was like, but right when you wake up, your brain is fresh. That's so, that's like, why I deleted the social media apps. The first thing I do is I open this document I have called Morning Pages and just start fucking pounding so out. It, as a creative, if you can wake up and create from go and then get into your day, you'll have a better day. That's what I heard. So that's what I do. So I try and as soon as I get up, I try and do something creative. Well, whether it be write, whether it be look for a beat, whether it be freestyle on something on YouTube or... Play some scales on the guitar. Right, whatever it is, I try to create something like a, I'll, you know, try and make a an Instagram video or you know what I mean, or contact like you or freaking you, like you know be like I, as soon as I wake up, I'm trying to do stuff like people know like I I'll text people and wait for them to wake up and shit like that. Like if you don't, you know, you don't. Like <laughs> <laughs> then we just go on to the next day like. Like, cause I I try and get shit done before work. I try and get sh shit done at work. I try and get shit done after work. Like, well, that's one reason why I actually value your friendship a lot. Because like you do, I do feel like uh, being around creative people like kind of pushes me to like be more creative myself. Not not for other people, not to impress other people, but it's like it, it, it's it's the um it's the competitiveness. Yeah, one reason I got like one reason I got uh more deeply into creating stuff is because in 2017 I went to just a random providence show my my uh friend annie annie mcadams she was yeah. there and i didn't know you were going to be on the bill i just knew she was performing so i came to see her you, you i ran into you it was like oh man what's up long time no see right. and we started talking one of the first things you said to me was yeah i've seen your stuff on instagram like you, you're really funny you play guitar really well and i was like stop it yeah. <laughs> but then later that night fucking spock said the same thing to me when i first met him and i was like okay so maybe there is something to this i don't know <laughs> like and like that's the thing that really like I say, I've been doing this for quite a bit when I say making music. And, um, like, 
I had to get to the point where I was like, I know what good music is. Sorry, I didn't mean to blow that right in your face. Nah, like it's that. cool. It's weed. <laughs> um, I know what good music is when I hear it. I feel like I'm a pretty good judge of good music, and I like my music. So somebody else has got to like my music, you know what I mean? Because somebody mm. else likes the other music that I like. You know what I mean? A lot of people like the other music that I like. So if I like this music, then somebody else has got to like this music. And that's really got me through a lot of the, the beginning stages of rap and, like, the the non the people not following you and the people not like just hitting you up to to work with you and like people turning you down and charging you high prices like all that i've been through it all people like showing you fake shit to try and get you in people trying you know yeah like Like i said the the peaks in the valleys that's the hard part like being in those little valleys of like creative momentum for whatever reason it's like uh it's like uh it's like right now, like, yeah, like I said, the high point, I feel like the high watermark for me for like all this podcast and like, you know, video shit was kind of like late 2019 between like August and December of that year. And right now I'm in season four of Community. It's going to get good again. But right now we're just fucking we're dipping hard and fucking failing. Honestly, I got a, this, I got a song that I'm going to record tonight that's about like that, like struggling and. There's, there's gonna be struggles you gotta know that you can't mm. not not even like you can't expect it to all be good you gotta expect it to be bad not the worst it's gonna be but like you gotta expect there to be pitfalls did it like, again you know you gotta you limit reach get it up you know you just gotta get up and keep going like figure out another way like there is uh, I should have slipped this in, but uh, phrasing. You said you got to get it up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, in my ways in my, but like, I'm just saying, like, especially now with the internet the way it is and the accessibility that we have to anybody, like, there's a way to do everything. There is a way to do everything. It doesn't matter if you don't have, like, a million dollar camera, a million dollar studio, or a drive <laughs> fucking hundred thousand dollar car, or anything like that. It doesn't matter about that shit. Like there are people doing it with less. Yeah, the only thing I, I actually like, like I said before, I actually do feel pretty blessed and gifted because my my equipment is way better than what I deserve for what I do, and uh, the only thing keeping me limited is my own lack of knowledge and my own like uh uh. Not ego, but like that thing you get when you're like, God damn, I suck. Oh, I just suck so bad. Like that limiting self talk. Like that's the only thing getting in my own that's the only thing getting in my way. Honestly. I'm such a confident person. And like I'm blessed to be a confident person and I feel like that's like my one superpower. Like I can see I can see through bad times. Almost. Not that you I can, know that You can use some of this if you want. I Beat that, beef that shit up. What's gonna happen, or whatever like that? But like, I know that like, if this is a bad time, like, I just gotta. I know I can come up with a way to change to change where I'm at. I guess. Fuck it. We can record quite a bit today. We can record quite a bit of stuff. Yeah, it's only it's only eleven twenty, and you said you don't have to be anywhere for a while, right? Yeah. They. There you go, people. There's a little, there's a little peek behind the curtain of how we, how we run things here. They, you just got a little production sneak preview. Because you gotta be like. It's copacetic. If you let it set it up, let the downstream down and the upstream up. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Three eleven.
You know, so like you know, when you're a dad, you gotta always have your phone on, you know, because you know anything can happen, especially when you don't yeah. have your kid all the time, because you know it's split time. I was seeing this lady for a little bit who He's had good. kids, and like she was, that's one thing she was always kind of paranoid about is like she's like, I gotta just gotta make sure. And I'm like, I had a lot of respect for that. I had a lot of I had a lot of admiration for that. You got to. I mean, I don't. I don't ever plan on having kids of my own, so the fact that people could like care about someone outwardly so much like that to me is, is really fucking admirable. Bro, if you're a deadbeat, fuck you. Like, that's, <laughs> like, honestly, like, so many people told me, like, when I was going to have my kid, like, there were going to be this problem and that problem, and not even just, like, financial problems. Like, I'm not even talking about that. You're like, going to have problems because I think you're a shitty person. Struggle. Like, no, nah, like, it's just more about, like, some people have this mindset that this is how kids grow up, and it's bad. Like, that there's, like, like, you have to, like, don't get me wrong. I was blessed to have the kid that I have. I think he's, like, obviously, I think he's perfect. And, like, he doesn't give me problems. And you, um, should, you should feel like that. Right. Part. But at the same time, I work really, really fucking hard. Like, and I'm not even talking about going to work. Like, I work hard to make sure my son is going to be a better person than I am. Yeah, molding and shaping his mind and his, and right. his being and stuff. Like, there are things that I wish my parents taught me at an earlier age or taught me in general mm. that, like, I want him to know. Why, why wouldn't I want him to know it at six? And growing up, I have gained a little bit of empathy from my parents. Like, they, uh, they uh, had kids young. My mom was 21 and my dad was 24, so, like, not the youngest people, but... Um, for how they've described where they were in their life, it sounds to me like they were, you know, uh, uh, relatively immature. I was 26. Yeah. So, uh, you know what I mean? Like, I, I know I don't know how they felt, but I know how it feels. But, like, I can have some empathy for how I, like, things I wish they did because, as it is, I, I already watched my, like I said, my dad's had problems before with, like, uh, uh, alcoholism and stuff. And uh, watching him do the work over the years, when I look back and reflect on it, I realize he was doing a lot of stuff the whole time that's, um, like, I'm, I'm not, like, I'm not going to be like, oh, I wish my parents were better uh, because you, just, you get what you get. What happened is what happened. But I understand why it was harder for them to be better because of what they were trying to overcome in themselves in order to try and raise me, not only me, but my four younger sisters as well. They had five kids in 10 years. And uh, that's... Damn. (laughs) That averages out to one kid every two years. Yeah, so, like, and honestly, like, I feel really strongly about legacy. So, um, and that came from my mom and my dad being... uh, Having a hyphenated name, having given me a hyphenated name, like when it, it wasn't popular to do that shit, like yeah. Um, my sister, I think my sister says she might hyphenate her name, but she also says she just might take. So like the the thing for me where where I say is like that's big for for legacy for me. Like a lot of people don't realize like last names was like it used to be like everything. Like last names mean a lot in. How European the world, cultures. how the world is run. I would even say everybody in the world runs on last names. Like, like there are like Spanish and Italian names. Going like the back last, to the last name is like an indicator and, of who the family. You right, come from bloodlines and everything. Bloodlines are everything. Like in with power. So like, um, that's okay. why marriage is so weird. That like, oh, you're gonna 
like that's why it's a big deal for somebody to take somebody else's name in marriage because back then like you're talking about taking somebody's family bloodline name and moving it forward that's what you're talking about and ending somebody else's bloodline's name like yeah. that's why sons were considered more valuable than daughters were at a certain period in time because if you're a son you're going to keep that name and you can make you can make more kids to have that name Cause she's gonna take your name now. It's like, well, we're doing a lot of hyphenating, hyphenating and stuff like that. Well, for me, it was like, well, the only people with my last name are me, my mother, and my son. In the world, yeah. in the world, I think the only people who can carry on my last name, my actual last name, is um, like me and my cousin. But he's like, he he's not. Ah, uh, God, <laughs> I don't. Uh, as as much as much as I try to have love and respect for the family. I don't know that kid because his mom's really shitty and there's a whole shitty situation going on there, but I don't think he's going to be, even if he does have kids, I don't have any faith that he's going to be a good person or raise good people or anything. You'd be surprised. There's something that, like, I can't say it happens for everybody, but when from the moment that I found out that I was going to have a kid to the moment I found out he was going to be a boy to the moment that he came, like, I changed as a man, like, things, like they say, it's cliche, but... His mom's not from my family, by the way. Uh, his mom is my, he's he's my uncle's son. That's what I want, I don't want people to think I'm just, like, talking shit on family all the time. But, like, I do talk shit on family. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not shy about it. But at the same time, it's like, she's not directly related to my bloodline. She's just a piece of shit who latched on to my uncle. <laughs> she fucking found it. She found a guy, she found a guy who did, who, uh, who was dependent on other people and she was like there's a lot of people out there like that that don't even realize they're dependent on other people and like um uh, that's that's me for sure i've had moments where i've been dependent on other people and didn't realize it and took took advantage of them unbeknownst to me like i couldn't see it uh looking I've back at it now relationships because of that yeah because looking like, back at it now like you know, you're like emotionally or physically dependent on someone for whatever reason paying bills or whatever yeah, and, like, sometimes it's just hard times. Like, if I feel bad, like, you know what I mean? I always want to contribute, like, but sometimes shit happens. Like, I feel bad for people who moved in together, like, right before the pandemic. Like, like relatively young, burgeoning couples who are like, let's move in together. I'm going to tell like, you. Uh, pandemic hit. So, so that's what me and my girl, me and my girl, are, we've been together for two years, though, technically. But, like, we were, like, we came official last November. Last Woo-hoo. Black Friday, all right? So. But we've really only been dating in the pandemic. Mm. Like, <laughs> so, like, we didn't really get to go out on, like, dates and stuff like that necessarily. Like, you know what I mean? Because, like, everything kind of shut down in March. And that's kind of when, like, we started taking, you know, the steps to make it more serious. I didn't I didn't see anyone. I didn't, like, try fooling around with anyone for, like, three years between, like, 2017 and 2020. Like, almost three years. Like, I've talked about this before. But, like, I was, um, I was, uh, what's the word? Uh, abstinent for a little bit. <laughs> I almost said celibate, but because of incels, I try not to use that word anymore. But like, I didn't. Yeah, I, I just, I just didn't see anyone or hang out with anyone for like three years. I was just really trying to concentrate on myself. And then I was like, all right, 2020, this is my year. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start fucking again. And then the pandemic hit, and that kind of got in the way. But like, I did, I did like see a couple of, I did see a couple of ladies over the course of 2020. It was like that was a, and and, and yeah, that was definitely like a. I forgot what I was trying to say. I just wanted to brag. 
Uh, like 2019 i was kind of just like i had just gotten out of a you know the relationship with my my kid's mother so like i was just trying to chill like i didn't want to jump into anything i felt like i kept jumping in from relation from long relationship to long relationship to long relationship because like that's what i like you know what i mean so um and that's not healthy either like as like some people are like oh well there are people out there where they they have all these short relationships and like they don't know they don't work on themselves like yeah that's true but like also like you need to work on yourself between relationships because like you change as a person in the relationship the pandemic definitely did make me like take stock in like you know my my perceived course of action or whatever it definitely did make me do a, a triple take on like you know thinking about myself it's like all right am i ready to like try and like not even like be in a relationship but am i am i ready to just like try and like the the emotional work of like because dude having sex with someone is like fucking it's draining like if you're having sex with someone you don't like just to have sex with them it's like yeah that might be physically satisfying but like damn your soul will fucking i don't do that you have no soul i don't do that i've done it but i don't i I, I was like i guess blessed and not blessed to like go through a lot of fucking shit as like as young as i did and then like i was just like yo let me just stop like, and then, like, I just had, like, a speed course with it when I went on tour. Like, I, I think I was touring from, not consecutively, but, but like, from, like, year to year to year to year. Like, touring for, like, four years. You know what I mean? So, like, I got to, like, see the world as a different place, almost not just from Rhode Island. Like, We're at an hour and eight minutes. We should probably cut this soon and start recording another one. Yeah, we can do that. Put it in the can. Yeah! Yeah! Is there anything? Uh, uh, I guess I. Uh, I guess I should just end it. What did you want to close that thought off? <laughs> we were like just talking about it. Like I was, like I said, like I was, like imagine, like dating is one thing when you're like single and you're like you know you just got out of a relationship, but dating with a, while you have kids or you have a kid, like I, I treated that much differently. Like I didn't introduce my kid to my girl for eight months, and like that's like a big thing. Like people like. Mm people fight over that like should you do it immediately should you do wait like three months should you wait a year should you like make sure you guys are gonna get married first like before you even introduce them like a lot of stuff like a lot of questions about that like and i just felt like if i did it slow and i did it like they do i inform my son that like you know i am seeing somebody and like i inform my girl like i do have a kid and like these are the rules about like when you can come around and like and like i like like i said like I just kept it really open and really truthful. Kind of for like one of the first times. Like, and I think that like having a kid really did that. Like, it also gave me a little bit of an advantage, like over single women, because like I could just tell them no. Like, I feel like as a guy, sometimes when you don't have a reason to say no, like you just say yes, like anyway, or you but, try and make it happen. But being honest and truthful, I do like because you know, one problem I always had like with with women was not saying the thing that was like on my mind not saying the thing i wanted to say that needed to be said um and burying it until it became like a problem that i you know uh uh, externalized on her in some other way that had nothing to do with anything so what like what i'll do now is like when i'm having a conversation with a woman when i know something needs to be said instead of trying to move on or say something different or bury it with a joke i'll take an extra second and i'll feel my heart rate elevating and then i will start to like I'll start to like kind of talk like this almost like I sound like I'm having severe mental issues <laughs> but only because I'm trying to make myself stay on track with yeah. the thing that I need to But say. that's okay. That's okay like to slow yourself down to not be like angry and speak out of emotion I think is very important a lot of 
and I hate to generalize this, but a lot of women speak out of emotion, and and guys do it too. But like, if you can just try, really try to keep your emotional decisions out of it and make actual decisions, it's a lot better. I find myself reflexively taking a second every time I feel like a kind of spike of some kind like an emotional spike like a reaction or something that could be judgmental or perceived as judgmental or whatever i i just i always naturally take a second now instead of just speaking out of turn i'll always take a second to go uh okay you're like this is how to proceed so this is a this is relatable and it's a little bit of insight to jesse piff and you know the homies and stuff like that a little ever, behind the curtain. if you ever hear like one, Summer 2021 in theaters. One, Jesse Piff. One, the one of me and my buddies say like reference a gnome or gnomies or like anything that has to do with like the gnome dome or anything like that. It came from like a term that, uh, you know, I, I came up with um, and like it's called. Well, <laughs> it's it, called giving a gnome dome. No, it, it, it's called it, it, it's being comfortable in your awkwardness imagine being down on your knees and you're still not low enough to give a blowjob no 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 in in all seriousness (laughs) in all seriousness bro like being comfortable in your awkwardness i feel like more people need to do that yeah comfortable awkward people yeah more people everybody's worried about having those awkward conversations those 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 hard to to have conversations in like whether it be race or political or just in a relationship like you just need to be comfortable in having those conversations so that something else can come from it other than you just burying it inside of you and letting it fester i try to i try to play into like the awkward uh parts of my personality and who i am because for too long, I tried to act cool and tried to be cool, and that's not authentic. When you're like, you know, just being yourself and being living with the awkwardness of who you are, and sometimes saying weird shit is way more cool. Like even if you look dumb at the moment, like it, it's it's more respectful and admirable to be like, well, he might have said a dumb thing, but like at least he was like he owned it. Yeah, like he owned it. He was like, oh man, you know, whatever. I straight bro. up said some shit against Israel at work the other day, and people looked at me like. <gasps> Not the other day, a couple weeks ago, but they were like, <gasps> and like to me, it's just like, hey, listen, this doesn't have anything to do with Jewish people. This has everything to do with politics and spreadsheets. So right. if you want to call me anti-Semitic, fine. Yeah, but so that, this, like, I know, spelled it out. <laughs> I do a lot of people sometimes. I'll just say not not say something controversial, but I'll say something that I feel. And if you really want to have the conversation, we can have we can sit down and have. Like a real conversation. But yeah, it was it was awkward for a moment. Right. I was like, I felt like I had eyes on me for the rest of the day after that. It's because people don't want to talk about shit. Like, I I honestly have a rule that I won't talk about politics with just anybody. Yeah, I won't. That is because, a very good rule. And and like, I might not even talk about politics with my boys because I don't want something that like people don't realize like politics actually affects a lot of soft spots soft spots in people like. You might have somebody in your family that you really love that was in the military. And then you know what I mean? And my views about how the country is handing military might conflict with how that makes you feel about your person that's away. I'll actually speak on that right now. I think my grandfather was in the military and uh he didn't he was never in like active duty, but that's just what guys did back then. Right. You know, like they all went to the military and they right. got they got the bonus from leaving. They did their tour and they did their thing. So like 
I, I never would have had a problem with him even if he did perf- do combat and something because that's not up to him. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's all up to those. Fu- it's all up to the fucking clowns in Washington. Right. So yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I don't think it's the smartest thing to go into the military, but just because you don't have any, you're 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 just yeah. Just because that's used. my view doesn't mean that like one somebody that's really close to me feels the same way. You know what I mean? It might be very obvious to me, but it doesn't necessarily. And like a lot of political stuff is like that. Military is just one example of it. And but again, like, like spreadsheets and defense budgets, but like we put so much money into the military. Like it's not about self defense. It's about it's an industry. It's a industry that is fucking making so much money, man. Yeah, you know, it's disgusting. And I don't want to necessarily say like I have a problem with the military itself. I don't have a problem with the military itself. I have a problem with a lot of the institutions that are in america period like and that's a whole nother level of what what is wrong with america it's not even like the people involved in it it's more of the institutions set in place and the rules that have been carried on and grandfathered in that are just used to protect people of power you know when i used to work like cashier jobs and people came in like in their military garb like i would always say thank you for your service didn't matter what wing it didn't matter if it was Marines, uh, Air Force, like it didn't it didn't matter. I would always say thank you for your service. I say thank you because I'm not gonna do it. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yep, I'm not. You're not putting- like point blank. Like I I thank you because you're doing it, so I don't have to. And like that's why like the whole Con Kaepernick thing. Like if you really read into it, like it wasn't a disrespect to the flag or the military, and that's that's kind of like the sad part I feel about it. Like you know, a lot of people don't understand that I lost a lot of friends because we couldn't come to an agreement on it. And that sucks, bro. Like, that really does. Like, a lot of people I, I consider close to me. I like, feel like taking a knee is way more reverent than putting your fucking hand over your heart anyway. I mean, he the reason why he took a knee is because he at, the first game, he did not take a knee. Mm. Yeah, he, you know, sat he sat on the though. bench. Yeah. And then he said he talked to a vet, a veteran, and he asked him what would be a more respectful way to do what I want to do and get my point across. And the vet told him to kneel. That's yeah. it. Bro, like, so... I'm putting my hand over my heart for dead people, man. Come on. That's, like, so wishes and prayers. Like, take... If you really want to acknowledge that you fucking... Yeah, take it, uh, taking a knee is way the fuck more reverent than standing up with your hand over I your mean, heart. I mean, I honestly don't... That whole standing at attention bullshit just fucking reeks of, like, I, Gestapo. I don't, dis- I don't disagree with putting your hand over your heart, necessarily. But it's... Uh, once again, it's... Another institution in which a rule has been grandfathered in, and it's just something that people, that a lot of people had to do over the years, and they feel like it, the tradition should be continued. Do I disagree with it? Not necessarily. If there was a better way to do it, I feel like we should talk about it. But in school, I always fucking stood just because I didn't want to be the person to have that conversation, and it was always some asshole who was sitting down. He would never had a good point politically. It was always just some asshole who just fucking had bad parents who would like I, sit down during the anthem. I mean, sit peop- down during the flag. <laughs> people want to talk about like. Trump being a bad president, but we haven't had like that many good ones. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's not something that's a trend in America. So, too right, you are. Uh, I wasn't necessarily even in the last two years of his presidency. Fucking Obama was fucking authorizing drone strikes like they were fucking Halloween candy. I mean, I'm not. You know, like this is just America's young, very fucking young. It's a lot to be done. A lot. <laughs> I think we should close off on that note. This is going to be a nice beefy episode. 
check me out. I got albums coming out. EPs, LPs, Stogie. Yeah. Jesse Piff, 2021. Music coming for your ear holes. Damn, 2021. Can you believe that shit? 2421. 2421. 2421. That's when 30,000 feet comes out. 2421. 30,000 feet up. 2421 with the music video directed by Juan Sanchez and Millionaire's Girlfriends. In 2421, the EP comes out. The video will be out eventually. Thank you, Jesse, for taking a chance on me as a creative, even though I'm not that confident in my own skills. Everybody's getting fired today. <laughs>